0: Welcome, Marvelites, to another all-new edition of the MCU Exchange Podcast. This is Episode 4 of the MCU Exchange Podcast. And uh, my name is Aaron, and I'll be your host for this episode. And joining me today is Charles.
1: What's up? And Joe. Hello. Nice to be back.
0: Nice to be back, indeed. And just want to give a shout-out to our listeners over at Spotify, Podbean, and at YouTube. It's been a slow news week for the MCU, but we still have significant ones to break down. Let's dig in, shall we? First up is... Loki, The Loki Disney Plus series Tom Hiddleston, the actor who plays Loki Has been starting stunt preparation For the Loki Disney Plus series And also, we've had huge news Because the Disney Plus series Is going to debut The MCU's first transgender character In the form of Sarah And uh, Charles, what do you think Of the news That um, the MCU is going to introduce Sarah as the first Transgender character.
2: Well, it's always great, right? Like representation yeah. is never a bad thing. It's nice that mm-hmm. people are finally getting their voices heard. People can finally see themselves more in each of these, you know, superhero properties. But for me, the biggest takeaway is the fact they're fucking introducing or possibly introducing the tenth realm, known as heaven, mm-hmm. which, which yeah. 90s comic fans know that these subsets of characters, the angels. Angela, Sarah, Heaven. This used to be part of the Spawn comic, and halfway through the mid two thousands, there was like a thing where Neil Gaiman and Todd McFarlane like fought over the rights of these characters. Neil Gaiman obviously won, which he, and he ended up selling the rights to to Marvel for them to use these characters. So it's it's a very it's a very recent change in the Thor mythology that I'm surprised we're getting this early. Now I'm wondering whether the idea of possibly introducing another half-sibling for, for Thor and Loki is a good idea. I wonder if, if that isn't overplayed because, you know, we got um Hela as, like, the Redcon third sibling. So, I don't know, It's I think it's huge in the fact that the, the, the Nine Realms is going to expand into the Ten Realms now. I wonder if this is, like, a part of an alternate universe thing, maybe... Maybe the Tentrum only exists in one of the universe Loki jumps to, and not like the main one. Maybe he brings them to the main mm-hmm. one. It's a uh, very exciting prospect.
1: I, I think it also opens up the question on how exactly does introducing these kind of characters lead into the main storylines or into the movies, because we have Thor Love and Thunder on the way. so And we know that there was the top talk about you know Valkyrie finding her queen, so this could technically also be the lead-in into that storyline to introduce Angela. So they tease the existence of Heaven and then have her appear in the upcoming film. Of course, the question is if that's a little too much. If you have um, uh, Natalie Portman's Thor as well with Jane Foster or... So it's, it's really interesting because I didn't expect them to go that deep into Thor mythology with Loki. I thought they were just gonna kind of do their own thing. But they really seem to be trying to get to those elements they couldn't really introduce in the film. And I also agree, it would be kind of weird to once again introduce, oh, by the way, you have another sister you didn't know about. <laughs> but at the same time, it we're talking about mythology here. I mean, Odin wasn't quite like, um, her, like um, Zeus, so he wasn't everywhere with everyone. But you can, it's still kind of an interesting dramatic spin. Because the question is also, Thor exists in that universe. We're unsure how that universe splittered off where this Loki version of Loki exists. So mm-hmm. they could still also have Thor appear.
0: And the possibility of having other Avengers to pop up as well. Because, you know, it will focus, as as I've read somewhere, it will focus on the 2012 Avengers timeline during that time. And what yeah. do you think, guys? Um Given that the Loki Disney series is confirmed to have a connection with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, as well as Thor, Love and Thunder, do you think it's an equal connection? Or do you think that the Loki Disney series will focus on just one movie or just a throwaway to the other one? What do you think? How much of that connection will show up in this six-episode run or eight-episode
1: It's really tough. Yeah. It, it, because it, it's it's... It's such a, a crazy con like right now, all these Disney plus series, it's so hard to really nail down where they're going because all we really have are these all these casting sheets and casting rumors and characters. So I'll be honest, I'm actually I'm completely stumped. I have no idea how they're gonna do,
0: <laughs> which is kind
1: of exciting in a way. it's it's kind of exciting because I don't think we felt this way since back in the early days of the MCU. I think that between doctor
2: strange 2 and loki 4 i think it's gonna lean more towards the thor aspect of the of the connection mm. because because the character is so ingrained to, to thor's arc and thor 4 will be the first film we'll see where you know thor is thor is sort of living is, is back in his own world living in a world where loki doesn't exist anymore i wonder what's, what what that's like for him so I think it's going to lean towards that, whatever happens in the Loki show is going to have some sort of ramification with the with the Thor film more than Doctor Strange. The Doctor Strange film is going to be about the multiverse and Loki is going to travel in the multiverse. So I guess, I don't know, it could be anything at this point, it's so, yeah. like Joe said, it's so exciting, it's so open and anything can happen.
1: Because we also don't even know, like, how exactly is it going to work with the dimensional traveling that you're teasing? Because he has the Space Stone, but there was never talk about interdimensional travel. He travels through time, but there was no mention of the Time Stone. But at the same time, we have the rumors that Doctor Strange will reintroduce the Time Stone. So for some reason, the Infinity Stones that were supposedly destroyed by Thanos are once again playing a key role. So it's really hard to say... What's gonna happen with this?
2: Unless maybe Loki finds a way to steal like something particle, and he figures out, oh shit, this is what's happening in the future. They're they're time traveling, not even using the time stone. They have their own sort of device. Maybe he uses that. Maybe he figures out a way. Yeah, the 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 time travel stuff is uh, definitely the biggest question for me in this show.
0: It's in- it's intriguing, and I don't know if Loki can can find a way to unlock maybe the. Tesseract's potential or something like that Maybe going to find out yeah, Definitely mm-hmm. going to find out And um, of course with the announcement Of the transgender character debuting in the MCU The representation and diversity Drive of the MCU is already in full swing And um, it's going to be Important for them down the line to reduce Many characters like Sarah and now the next news Coming up is uh, Paul Bettany Teases a one division Teaser soon And an upcoming first look. And what do you think? When will be this upcoming first look? Is it going to be on Super Bowl Sunday, this Sunday? Or is it going to be after that, when other trailers have been premiered and going to surprise us after and then show us this new trailer? Joe, what do you think?
1: Um, I I don't think they're going to show it at Super Bowl. If they're going to show something at Super Bowl, I think the right thing would be Falcon the Winter Soldier because that's the first releasing show. But at the same time, we, like the thing is, his, his tease sounds like we're getting some kind of, like, f- look and feel of what we can expect from this series. But we already had like some small reveals of like artwork or directions and teases through images. I I think it's going to be a very small teaser that may be released to kind of push Disney Plus, alongside a, a teaser for Falcon the Winter Soldier. I'd be really surprised if they do the Super Bowl because it is – I mean, the Super Bowl is expensive. Any advertisement there is really expensive, and they're starting to move away from movie trailers at the Super Bowl. That's kind of changing uh, over the last few years. Uh, Plus, it's kind of hard – like, this sounds weird, but I don't think that's the right audience for this kind of weird, bonkers show that Paul Bettany is promising. I think that would just confuse people more um i i could see this them going a complete i would love for them to just like the show go into a really crazy advertising direction i mean i work in the industry and it's it's so much fun you can do with this because you already have such an out there concept just have fun with the advertising just not just show a classic teaser but like have some fun with it
2: yeah i think for the super bowl we're definitely getting some black widow stuff, not one division stuff, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But and I agree with Joe that it's not the right audience, it's like a bunch of sports fans. I don't think they're gonna jump at the idea of like a like a sitcom with a 50 sitcom with Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen. Um, with regards to when it could show up, the what do you call it? The, the one stuff. Shit, I don't know. It's like it's it's different because I was gonna say CinemaCon, then I realized it's not a movie. Because CinemaCon is like in a few months, so shit. I don't know. I don't know when Comic-Con? could this show Maybe? be. I, I guess Comic Con it could be, but it's still like wait. Like we're like six months away from it or seven months away from it, so it, it's too mm-hmm. far. He said it was it was happening soon. It could be honestly. It could be anytime between next Monday and July, like uh, yeah. like when this plus. Yeah. Like a new, like a new, um, what to expect this year sort of tease, but the idea that it's coming soon at least excites me. And the insanity stuff, it gets me super hyped.
0: Yeah, just want to pick your thoughts on this, guys. We know that it is half sitcom, half full bone trailer, full bone action action piece. What do you think is the treatment for the trailer? Is it going, are they going to? Uh, show that sitcom only sitcom treatment, or, or are they going to do, or are they going to combine both into a sitcom and a movie? What do you think is a tri- treatment for the upcoming teaser for One Division?
2: Oh, I hope it's. Uh, I hope they 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 get
0: creative with it, like Joe said, and they should fucking
2: treat it like a like a fucking Big Bang Theory trailer.
1: <laughs> oh, that would be so good.
0: Oh my god, that would so, break the internet.
2: Like, something super cheap. Something super cheesy, something super on the nose. They should go crazy with that and just totally embrace the the insanity that is a 50 sitcom.
1: The fun thing is they can cha- take from so many different types of like uh, shows, Seventh Heaven, Friends, or any kind of sitcom that has existed forever, and just roll with it just have like the cheesy slogans them looking at the camera and smiling as their names are introduced or just the random laughing at the end because something was really funny but we don't know what um and I would love I would love a trailer that's just a sitcom introduction that gets more and more creepy as the as it goes on something like uh, I don't know if you if you guys watched Adult Swims too many Cooks it was pretty much a sitcom introduction, but it just kept it just kept repeating and going weirder and weirder with each time it repeated. Oh man! Like all of a sudden, a sock puppet character showed up, or something was on flames in the background. I think you can do something very similar here.
0: Imagine if they do a, a teaser trailer where, like, they have a theme song and they're just gonna show it there, like you know, Wanda and Vision dancing to it. It's gonna be weird. Imagine <laughs> all the possibilities, guys. And now we move on to the next news. Next news is um, a new star joining Falcon and the Winter Soldier in the form of Noah Mills, who also stars in The Brave. And uh, he's going to be up there in an undisclosed role. Charles, what do you think is his role would be? Is he going to be on the side of the bad guys or is he going to be on the side of the good guys?
2: I think he's going to be part of the bad guys. I've heard some rumblings about him sort of being part of one of, one of the henchmen, something like that. It's uh, It could be anyone, like... We were talking about early before the show. It would be great if, if like, a, like sort of a remnants of Crossbones terrorist group shows up and he's part of it. And, and you know, we get to see like the like the biological chemical attack that we saw in the first act of civil war. It would be great if, if they bring that back with with this guy No Mills, part of that crew um mm, yeah as, as far as my guess goes i think he's a villain
1: yeah i i agree i think he's probably a villain if if it's a bigger cat I, I i just think he's probably a henchman or something like that or a bigger henchman i i really love the uh theory of a crossbones remnants because first of all it ties in perfectly into a story where both were but um where captain america elements come back um at the same time we know that sam wilson was part of this mission and the thing is for me is I still think it's a waste that – I think Crossbones was such an interesting character that while his me- his death was meaningful, I think they could have done so much more with him. And it makes sense to kind of bring back that costume, that character in like in a legacy form for, let's say, uh, Thunderbolts. Because right now it feels like a lot of elements that they could do with Thunderbolts is a tribute to how they originally started off with um, um, with the Avengers – so, like if they have Taskmaster being introduced to the Thunderbolts initiative or something, you could play around with it as the first member. Um, you could bring back Crossbones as a legacy character, kind of like Ant Man took over the mantle. So they can play around with a lot. And I think that would be very potent, a lot of potential.
0: And I love the idea of having legacy characters for villains and uh, that, that treatment would work for Thunderbolts. And uh, excited- it'll be exciting down the line. And we're um, we moving on to the next news. Fourth news for for this episode is we have several doctor strange in the multiverse casting news uh, and it's it points to the debut of two big characters in a strange doctor strange mythology. we're going to see Clea and Brother Voodoo finally in live action in the big screen Joe what do you think how big is are the roles going to be in doctor strange sequel
1: what I can't imagine is that maybe they're trying to... Because they—it's uh, it's what is left of this magical order, pretty much. It's just Doctor Strange and, and Wong. Um, so... Y- I think they're going to try to bring back people to kind of build it up again before all the multiverse shenanigans start in the end. Um, I think I don't think they're gonna have a lot. I think Clea will have a considerable role. The question, of course, is also if uh, the love interest from the first movie returns, which was rumored early on. Um, if that I mean, I I don't hope I hope they don't go for a love triangle in a Doctor Strange film. But <laughs> be- or if they say, okay. Clea is just an additional character or a challenge a foil. I think Clea is really interesting because her backstory just lends itself to a lot of interesting story elements. Um, and Brother Voodoo, I think, is a, it was kind of set up with his brother being in the first film.
0: So many fans didn't notice that, that his brother is in the first film. He was the guardian of the New York Sanctum. Uh, he was killed by Caecilius. Charles, what are your thoughts on this? Casting rumors.
2: Joe brings up an interesting point about Clay and the fact that the idea of that it's not a good idea to have like a fucking another love interest here, like we still have Rachel McAdams in this story. So mm-hmm. with Clay being such an important part of the Strange mythology and the Rachel McAdams sort of just being like nobody, I'm, I wonder if we're gonna they're gonna like just put the push the character aside because she never was. A significant character to begin with in terms of like the, the the big picture of the multiverse stuff like who gives a fuck about christine palmer when you got Clea right yeah mm. um, as for the brother voodoo stuff yeah it's great because at one point in the comics brother voodoo became the sorcerer supreme so the fact that they're bringing him here means that that could happen that could be like a like a string the third doctor strange movie doctor strange loses the mm. mantle the Sorcerer Supreme, and then it goes to Brother Voodoo. Like to see something like that, like a, a shake up, big like that. But yeah, it's like it's it's so hard to see how how it's all gonna fit. Like I know yeah. we have a we have a big talking point later in this episode yes. about having many characters, but it, it's 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 interesting because we got we we heard about America Chavez and now these two. I'm wondering how it's all gonna work out.
0: Yeah, and given Clea's connection to Dormammu, um, you think that Dormammu will? eventually return in this movie or somewhere down the line, given that the time zone is definitely not there anymore. So Yeah, for sure. Maybe-
2: I think he's going to be back. I think the fact that there's no more time stone, Doctor Strange doesn't have any way of like sort of making a bargain with him, striking a bargain with Dormammu. I think he's going to be back. I think he'll be pissed. Mm-hmm. The fact that the multiverse is being tampered with, like, imagine how many Dormammu's exist out there. Assuming each oh, each, yeah. uh, each multi- multiverse holds a specific kind of Dormammu or maybe he's sort of like an abstract sort of figure where there's only one Dormammu in like a hundred multiverses. Could be something like that. But yeah, I think we're definitely gonna get at least an image minimum, like a shot of Dormammu yeah. minimum in the, in the movie.
1: I mean, I have a theory that Doctor Strange will try to keep the illusion alive that he still has the Time Stone. Mm-hmm.
0: So I can
1: see him, like, putting something in the the Eye of Agamotto which just lights up green so if Dormammu gets any weird ideas that he can kind of still threaten him and be like, well, you don't want to make me use this again. And let, well, let's look at it this way. Clea is a daughter of Dormammu. Dormammu doesn't have a physical form. And What I think they could do, because I think Rachel McAdams is an incredible actress, so it'd be kind of a waste for her just relegated to this love interest side. Is maybe Clea herself is a character that has no physical form, Uh and kind of takes over Christian Palmer's body.
0: Hmm, Wow! You can play
1: around with. That would work. yeah, because you have a great actress. You can play around with the fact that there's two people in there. You can technically kind of twist the love interest, love triangle aspect, still combine them. And I, th- I think you can cover a lot of ground with it because it makes sense in universe if you look at if you're trying to sell someone, okay, this big glowing head created a person.
2: It's one of like the best ideas I've heard about this movie. Like It, it streamlines, streamlines a lot of stuff. Like, mm. of course, it makes sense for Dormammu for him to get near to Doctor Strange. He needs to tap into Doctor Strange's vulnerabilities. What better way than to use Christine Palmer? What better way than the, to create an entity that would that Dormammu himself could control? Maybe he creates clay, yeah, and then he puts Clay inside of uh, Christine Palmer, Rachel McAdams, and then everyone wins. Rachel McAdams gets to do some meaty stuff. While well, you, yeah. you, you introduce idea yeah, you, you, you're sort of faithful to the idea that clay is their mom's daughter or creation, and then their mom was back. Yeah, I fucking love it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it eradicates the idea of having a love triangle in a Doctor Strange movie. All right. <laughs> um, it, well, so many threats in the multiverse, Strange will, can use all the allies he can get. And now let's moving on to the last news in the rundown. And uh, just recently, just earlier actually that we've received news that the MI6 characters are going to debut as well in Shang-Chi. For me, who is a who doesn't know anything yet about the MI6 and the Shang-Chi mythology, Charles, can you run, run us through about these casting news?
2: Yeah, so I think it's pretty big that we're getting, finally, we talked about this before the show, finally a perspective from the government that's not part of the United States. We're finally going to see this intelligence apparatus is finally folded into like the main fucking superhero world of the MCU like Shang-Chi for the most part if I'm not mistaken has some very 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 deep ties to MI6 he's a Mm. he was an undercover agent at one point he was sort of like their Asian James Bond basically and the fact that we're getting sort of a crew of MI6 agents is very very exciting for me I mean I don't know the, the specific these these, these specific characters like uh, Jack Tar or something like that and and Leiko, something like that. Um, yeah. I don't know them specifically, but just the fact that we're getting MI6 characters from the Marvel Universe makes me super excited.
0: They mentioned it's Leiko Wu, Clive Reston, and Black Jack Tar. And shout out to Murphy's Multiverse for, break, for breaking it down earlier. And uh, Joe, what do you think about the debut of these characters? Especially what Charles said at it gives a new a fresh perspective to the MCU.
1: Oh, I definitely agree because I think the like the CIA was kind of hinted at but never really utilized. And most of the superhero films, like I think Spider-Man was the only one where we really explored Europe as such, but we never explored how Europe reacts to superheroes in a way because it always was very focused on Shield. And the fun thing is, is that the MI6 has in in real world has a lot of history. It has a lot of history in media, if you look at James Bond and at Marvel as well. And like, personally, I think it would be great, even if black widow is kind of a spy movie or a spy. I, I think it's closer to like a mission impossible film, mm-hmm. but thinking we could get like a James Bond spy film in, in the Marvel universe with like a character like union Jack, I think would be really interesting. And also speaking of like diversity, it's also good to get some more non-American characters into this franchise because I I know like I live in Europe and, and right. Everyone here is kind of just talking about, well, every superhero is an American. Um, and I think it's an interesting discussion to hold, like what's the potential to also explore the superhero realms of, of Europe. I remember there being rumors that they're making a captive Britain movie. And so I think, I think they're trying to open the floodgates to also, Explore how the international heroes or how the rise of heroes in the States may have influenced other nations
0: One thing to note is from Charles Murphy said in in this article that the film were apparently introduced The idea that Shang-Chi worked for MI6 at one time but has since made his departure from the world and that's interesting to know that oh, wow. an Asian uh, Suppose Asian heroes working for them at one time and then you know, they closed off Maybe something happened that's why he closed off from them, and then he's now trying to uh, ask them for help, maybe, or ask, or yeah. trying to return to the fold.
2: That's very exciting. I I, I love this mm. idea that when when we meet shang Chi, he will have this history with Mi Six. He's not he's not just some chump who knows who knows martial arts. Like he's he's a dude who's been working in the field, who's worked in the field, who's fucking fought bad guys and. Now he's going to fucking fight the Mandarin. I love that idea.
0: And that has been the rundown for the latest news of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the past week. And now we move on to the most exciting segment of our podcast. It's The Exchange. Where we dissect and talk about the latest rumors. But now it's not about the rumors. We're going to talk about something interesting. Well, we've seen several movies in the past and also upcoming movies. That there's the risk of having too much characters in the MCU properties. Well, one notable is Captain America: Civil War back then, and that was handled well. And now we're seeing it all over again for the Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness film, Thor: Love and Thunder, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, as well as WandaVision. So, guys, when is it too much? Is it a yay or a nay of having that risk of many characters in the in the films trying for the audiences trying to keep keep up? Um, I'm gonna start with you, Charles. What do you think? Is it is it a yay or a nay for this one?
2: It's hard because when we hear news like this, like they're getting Miss America, Brother Voodoo, Clea, and who else? Whoever the fuck else. We are running off the assumption that these characters are going to be main characters. Like, we have no basis on how big the roles mm-hmm. are going to be. The default go-to is, oh shit, they are fucking adding another main character to this fucking big movie. Mm-hmm. But when the reality is these characters could have, could their lines could range from one to five. It's like, Brother Voodoo, they may be ca- casting Brother Voodoo now, but in the movie, he could have like fucking eight lines and then that's it. It's it's a, it's a very interesting idea of how we perceive casting reports. We we, we, we react prematurely. Understandably, though, it, because it's, you know, it, we don't want another Spider-Man 3 where there's like three villains and then none of them get their due. So you, you, you mm-hmm. end up with the film that, that's very, that's very, it falls flat. And... Captain America Civil War has proved that you can have all these characters, and then you could you could have a very fulfilling arc. You can have you can have like that. You could say the same thing for Endgame, where you have like a million characters, but everyone got their due. Everyone got their moment. Um, so I think that we shouldn't get worried. So I would say, yay, that we're getting new characters, but at the same time, it's always like it's always a it's a balancing act, obviously. You can mm-hmm. always fall to one side and fail to focus on the other. So could be anything. But the MCU has proved that they can do it.
0: Joe, yay or nay? Too many characters for the MCU films.
1: In my opinion, the thing is with, with a lot of characters, I think the, the MCU has proven that they're very capable of doing it. And they've always been good at kind of balancing, having a balancing act between the characters. Of course, it was a learning curve. Uh, Iron Man 2 was was the first time we were introduced to a lot of side characters that would become bigger roles later on. But it's really difficult because on the one side, you want more characters because we're moving into this completely new era. So we're going to kind of see a lot of new characters that need to be introduced through characters we know to kind of ease in the fact that, yeah, there's no more Iron Man, there's no more Steve Rogers, we have a new Captain America, we have new characters taking over. Um, I like Doctor, like uh, the only movie I'm really a little worried about is Doctor Strange because, first of all, of course, there's an unease with the director leaving who was very passionate about the character, yeah, where you're like, okay, and they're having to introduce these Disney plus series and uh, bringing those into the fold. Like, with a D-plus series, it's a little easier to say we have a lot of characters because you have more episodes. So you have more time to develop each character than you would in a film. But in a film, it then comes the challenge, what's the focus? How many characters could you bring in? Um, What potential is there to really explore these characters? And it's, it's a really interesting balancing act, just like Charles said, that I think Marvel can handle without a problem. Um, But I I do think, I I think it would not be a bad idea to also have some films that just kind of keep it close to heart. Like, I think Shang-Chi is trying to be. Like, that movie has MI6, but it's not really focusing on the universe at large, but more on this smaller group.
2: Okay, I mean, you bring up an interesting point with with Derrickson leaving because the more I think about it I'm pretty sure Derrickson left because Kevin Feige wanted Doctor Strange to be very connected to a lot of things you gotta introduce you gotta introduce this character you gotta tie into this you gotta you gotta do this you gotta do that it, it is yeah. a- alarming that they lost a director over the possibility of having just too many characters maybe Derrickson felt that we have fucking too many characters we're gonna do the multiverse we're gonna have nightmare we can't have America Chavez show up and then you guys want me to Set up brother Voodoo and Clay and do all these things. It's it does it's cause for worry, but Kevin Feige we trust, as we always say.
0: Yeah, maybe it became it became too much for him, too much for him to handle. You know, maybe yeah, that. Yeah, maybe in the script. Oh no, how do I gonna have the treatment for this? It's not like I'm gonna just show this up or on a screen or something. No. Yeah, I'm thinking of, i have. I'm thinking of having that discussion with them. Of, of derrickson and feige discussing it back and forth there's there's usual back back and forth during this production
1: as much as we know like even the characters introduced from disney plus like we know scarlet witch is the only one that's really been confirmed it could just as well be that he shows up in her universe which is the ending of this show and just kind of helps her out gets her out she helps him with one thing and then she doesn't show up again like it's it's a funny discussion because we have like avengers endgame where we had a million of characters and now we're worried about one show not being, one movie not being able to handle it. And I think what, and, and I agree with Charles, with you, it's, it's just that I think Derrickson wanted a much more smaller casted film focusing more on the Doctor Strange lore. Mm-hmm. And they just wanted to do more because you have that potential with this multiverse storyline that just felt a little too, it, it's the best place to kind of connect a lot of different elements.
0: They love taking risks. They've taken it already.
1: They've showed it with Infinity War
0: and Civil War, Infinity War and Endgame. And they've like and they told themselves it work. And now after this, after Endgame, anything will work for these guys because they're and the casual audience and even the hardcore fans wants more. Wants more of this. They they are craving for more characters. They're craving for more yeah. storylines after that after Avengers Endgame because They've proven that they can take care of this. They can. They know how to treat this. They. Mm-hmm. What, what's good about Marvel Studios when I'm watching the films over? Then, um, they're really good at informing casual audiences about certain characters that they're not familiar with. Like they're gonna spoon feed it to you. Uh, with regards to Black Panther and Civil War, and um, if you ask me, then, uh, if if having too much characters characters in the MCU is is uh, is, uh, would cause panic, I would say nay, then, before, before the first Avengers film, but after the first Avengers film, so on, It's it looks good. I mean, it's a yay now because um, also there's that fear of certain characters being underutilized. Yes, there, there's going to be that fear, but even if it's a cameo in this movie, you know that they're going to have a big role down the line because this is a connected mm-hmm. universe. This is a big universe, this is a cinematic universe, and that's, maybe that's a strong point of Marvel Studios, that, hey, we are connected. Even if this guy has a small role in this film, watch out the next film, he will be one of the main characters. Even if he's a supporting one in this film, maybe in the next film, if you just watch closely in this film, he will be one of that major players down the line, right? Mm. So basically, it's a yay
1: for me. I'll put a I'll put a yay on it, um, a, a cautious yay. I'll say, okay. um, because at the on, on one side, it's it's really exciting to see all these characters being introduced. Because there's a lot of characters I I'm not really that uh, well versed with, like Miss Marvel or She-Hulk, because I just didn't grow up with these characters. And it's it's a great way to be introduced to them, and also kind of easier way in. And that they can use these TV these Disney Plus shows to kind of really connect and introduce characters that normally you wouldn't expect on the big screen. Um, but at the same time, I kind of can also just imagine them having fun with it. Um, because like, I would love to see a segment in Doctor Strange 2 where everything, suddenly he's in an animated world and he's in the What If series. I don't know, trying to run away from a zombie Iron Man or something. So they can do so much with it at this point because they introduced so many characters already that there's a lot to explore. But what I hope is is that they don't lose track of the characters that they started with as well.
0: So that's a total of 3 aces. And that has been the exchange and that has been the episode 4 of the MC Exchange podcast. And uh just want to say sh- a shout out again to our listeners over at Spotify, YouTube and Podbean. Thank you for staying for this long. And just want to promote our MC Exchange social media accounts for those of you who want to uh, read and listen to our offerings. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mcuexchange. You can also follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash mcuexchange for all the latest news and rumors that we break down. And you can also listen and watch our videos over at YouTube. At YouTube, That's MCU Exchange. And you can also follow me on Twitter. That's Aaron Chino. Charles, your Twitter? You
2: can find me on Twitter at CFS billion Member.
0: And also, Joe?
1: You'll find me at thatabel. T-H-A-T-A-B-E-R-L
0: and we usually post that when I repost the episode I'm gonna tag you guys and then you can also follow us there and uh, this has been the MC Exchange Podcast episode 4 thank you for listening till then
1: till next time bye